the Lord gave the word and great was the company of them that published it so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God welcome to the know your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Gratitude on our tongue towards you, Father, for all of your bountiful blessings. We thank you, O God, that you have ordained this purpose for our gathering here today to lift up the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that your word shall come unhindered and unchecked by any force. Take the things of Jesus, our precious Lord, out of your marvelous and wonderful word this day and speak to our hearts, we pray. And we claim all of these blessings in the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Share some love with somebody around you that you did not come here with. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. It indeed is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to call upon his name. Amen. All right. If if you're seated and don't have a small child on your left, I ask you you would stand at this time. Everyone should be standing. Thank you very kindly. Now you may be seated. That's one thing we do together. I want you to turn in your Bibles now to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11. And we are in a continuing series dealing with taking the kingdom by force. Taking the kingdom by force. Or, if you want to say it another way, taking the kingdom by storm. Taking the kingdom by force. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 11 and 12, let us read. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of woman, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven is suffering what? Violence. And the violent takes the kingdom by what? By force. Now, I need to tell you that there is a living devil in earth realm. Satan has come for three purposes, mainly. To do what? To steal and to kill and to destroy. To do what? To to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. And the violent takes the kingdom of heaven by force. Now we have already established with you that there are how many heavens? There are at least three heavens. There is the third heaven where God's throne is. You'll find that recorded in 2 Corinthians. Let's run that right quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Because I know a lot of people hear this for the first time and they say, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, right. Yeah, uh uh-huh. The only heaven I've been ever told about is the one my grandmama talked about. I don't know about no other heavens. Well, there are at least three. There may be more, but certainly there are at least three. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and commencing at verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body 
I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one caught up to the third heaven. Such a one caught up to the what heaven? To the third heaven. Now, you cannot have a three unless you've got a one and a two somewhere. If you are counting up. Okay, now. So then there are at least three heavens. Now, the third heaven is where God's throne is. Okay? And that's where Jesus Christ is right now seated at the Father's right hand in the upper world. So there are at least three heavens. Okay, so so now we're gonna we're gonna make a Dagwood sandwich so you can be able to see the third heaven. Amen. Now we're gonna say the top of the light bread or the bread that's on the top or the bond that's on the top that is the third heaven. The meat in the middle that is the second heaven, and the the the, the slice of bread on the bottom that is the first heaven. Mmm, yum. Ah, uh, so I, I tell you what, since it's early, a sausage biscuit sandwich. Okay? All right. Now, but the third heaven is where God's throne is. Now, the second heaven is where Satan's seat is. Not the only seat he has, but Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Go to Ephesians chapter 2 right quick and verse 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. So, you know, because a lot of times people come into a teaching ministry and they have need to, to understand some things. And if and we don't slow down to teach and reteach some things, then they think we're off on the deep end. Okay, and there are enough people that think we're off on the deep end as is. All right, but certainly we are not off on the deep end. Now, in Ephesians chapter 2, and uh, commencing at verse 2, in which in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That prince of the power of the air is Satan, the prince of the power of the air. Now, you do know that uh, once you get so high in earth orbit, you can no longer breathe air. You have to go and breathe something else, whatever that something else is. But the air only goes up so far. And then beyond that, you need your own air. Am I right about it? You need oxygen. You need, you need a space suit. You need something on your head if you're going to keep on living. So Satan is the prince of the power of the atmosphere. He's the prince of the power of the air. So the second heaven... Satan is the prince of the power of the air. That's why when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back to rapture the church, he's going to take the church out right in the middle of the air. Uh, yeah, in other words, it's going to be a hostile takeover. Jesus is going to call us out of this earth realm right into the middle of Satan's domain. Going to snatch us up into that place and then take us away from that place up into the third heaven. All right, now. All right, now, we've we, we dealt with the sausage long enough. We're in the second heaven. All right, now, let's deal with the first heaven. The first heaven is from where, basically, the stars or the clouds are, or the, not stars, but where the clouds are basically down. Okay, all things being equal. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the first heaven in this atmosphere in which we live. Now, no, when you die, you don't go to Texas, Okay. I mean, you know, you, you, you go to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. You go into the third heaven. That's the big house. All right, so Jesus explained to uh, his disciples that violence was the earth realm and that the violent will have to take the kingdom of heaven by force. Now, the kingdom of heaven is here on earth and it must be entered into by your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our blessings are not on the other side of the chilly Jordan. 
On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wistful eye over into Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. My possessions are not in Canaan. My possessions are in the Lord Jesus Christ. But in order for me to secure the blessings of the Lord in the land of the living, then I'm going to have to be born again to have the title deed to my blessings and the things that Christ both died for, was buried for, and rose from the dead the third day. In other words, in other words, in other words, we need temporal blessings in this world in order that we might be established because there's no need of talking about when we get to heaven. You see? Because in heaven there, there's no need to pay light bills. In heaven, as a matter of fact, we won't even have these kind of clothes on. In heaven there will be no utility bills. There will be no house notes. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You see? So then, if you're going to secure the blessings of the Lord while you are living, then you're going to have to understand and know where the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is here on earth. Okay? And it's entered into by your confession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn to John's Gospel chapter 3. John's Gospel chapter 3. Now, uh, the, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, that terminology, is used sometimes interchangeably. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And so in John chapter 3, as uh, we will uh, begin to read, but I need to do this right quick. Number one, in the kingdom of heaven is where our blessings are. I, I wanna, want you to look at it like this because the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, even though in scripture they are sometimes used interchangeably, basically they are basically not the same. Okay, so I want to use a donut for an illustration. A donut has a hole in the middle. But you know, unless it's filled up with, you know, with filler. But basically, a donut has a hole in the middle. Agreed? Now, the hole in the middle is called the kingdom of heaven. The outer peripheral, the outer edge of the donut is called the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of heaven is within the kingdom of God. And when we say the kingdom of God, we're talking about God's rulership over our lives. Or his lordship. Or his rulership. So then, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is within the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but you know, it's almost impossible to eat a hole in the middle. It just disappears. Have you ever noticed? When you keep on eating the hole automatically, you know, it comes along with the donut. It, it, it disappears. So the kingdom of heaven is the hole in the middle, is the outer peripheral. So the kingdom of heaven is within the kingdom of God. Are, are, are we together? So, 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 so now watch this. When we enter into salvation, we're entering into the kingdom of heaven blessings. And even though Christ died for and paid for them, we're still going to have to fight in order to secure them. We can confess all we want to. Our confession will bring us our possession. But you're going to have to come up against the devil in order to take what Christ has already paid for. It's just like a thief. That you catch running out of your house with your favorite overcoat. Huh? You run him down. I know because it happened to me, okay? You, you, I didn't run him down. I couldn't catch the joker. I, I didn't see him. When I got to the house, man, the, the curtain was flapping outside in the driveway and I knew somebody had been inside. A <laughs> great revelation. So... If you are going to get the blessings that God has sent his son Jesus to die for and to secure for you and for me and for us, we're going to have to take those things from the devil because the devil is the one that got our stuff. He got our stuff over there. Our stuff is in his house. Okay? And so he's going to have to be made to bring it back. See? So it's not just enough to say, well, you know, honey, Lord know what I need. Lord certainly does know what you need. But you are going to have to also know what it is that he has given you. See, a lot, of, a lot of us asking for what we already have. 
You see? So, so it's, it's the devil that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we enter into the kingdom of heaven blessings by the new birth. Everybody say new birth. New birth. Tell your neighbor, you must be born again. Okay, now notice this. In John chapter 3 and verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say it unto thee, ye must be born again. In other words, the birth that we got from our mud dear was not good enough and is not good enough to transport us into the third heaven. Uh, to stay. Neither is the birth uh, that we got from our mother good enough to cause us to be born again. Because all mama could do was to use her womb as a birth canal to get us into the earth realm. But now that we are here, we must be born again. And I'm here to tell you, friend, you can join all the churches on earth. You want to. But you must be. You've got to be born again. And you can only be born again by confessing Jesus with your mouth as Lord and believing in your heart that God has raised him from the dead in order for you to be saved. It's not a feeling running down your spine. It's not your hair getting wet with the midnight dew. It's not eating a whole lot of pork at night and having a nightmare on Elm Street. It, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cognizant. It is a conscious. It is an effort put forth on your part to confess Jesus as Lord with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, calling upon him for salvation in order for you to be born again. Why is it necessary to be born again? Two reasons, basically. Without being born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Without being born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Are we communicating? And so therefore, Nicodemus was ignorant of what Jesus was saying. That's why he said, you mean, uh, can I enter into the, uh, my mother's womb the second time and be born? In other words, can I go in and come back out? Don't even try it. That cannot happen. That is impossible. So the birth that we need now in order to see God's face in peace, we're going to have to have that birth from the spirit realm given to us by the Holy Spirit. Mama can't do this for you. Daddy can't do this for you. You're going to have to come to Jesus out of your own free will. And I want to say to our young people in here, your mothers, your daddies can drag you to church all they want to. And maybe you're sitting up in here today with an attitude and don't want to be here. But I tell you one thing, you better wake up because I don't care how long you live, you're going to still need Jesus. And you must be born again if you're going to stay with him in heaven. And the reason I keep saying staying is because everybody's going to heaven. The great white throne judgment is in heaven. But only the righteous are going to stay. So therefore, Nicodemus was ignorant of that fact that he needed to be born again. And then Jesus said, and I want to clear this up while we are here. He said in verse 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Being born of the water is to be born of the word. It's the washing and renewing and regeneration and the washing and the renewing of the word. 
by the Spirit. And the Spirit is the Word of God. Because Jesus said, the word I speak unto you, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And James said, being born again, Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So you must be born again by the word of God. Well, then who is the word of God? Jesus. He's the only Savior. Can't get it from Buddha. Can't get it from Muhammad. Can't get it calling on Allah. You got to call on the name of Jesus. Because salvation is in no other name other than the name of Jesus. Are we together? So then, the kingdom of heaven blessings must be secured here in the earth realm. Yes, God knows what you need. Now, Jesus used the kingdom of God as it relates to God's rulership over our lives. But he talked to us about taking the kingdom by force, getting violent with the adversary, and taking the kingdom of heaven by force. Well, then where is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is within the kingdom of God. Well, then where are my blessings? My blessings are in the earth realm. How do I get them? I'm going to have to get violent and take the kingdom by force. In other words, it's not just enough to be born again. And see, this is where we fall out with some of our brethren. Because they would have you think that naming and claiming is against the word of God. It's not. We have to do that in order to be born again. Am I right about it? So, so the blessings that God has for us, he has already put those things in his word and those temporal blessings are already here in the earth realm. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? Everything that we wear, everything that we drive, everything, all these houses, even the brick, even the steel, even the copper, even the, the gold and the silver, all of that comes out of the earth realm. See? So when God blessed us with our spiritual blessings, we have to understand that that meant that it was in his mind and he spoke all this stuff into existence. How? By his word. So when you need clothes, you need to tell your heavenly father. When you need shoes, you need to tell your heavenly father. When, when you need a house, you need to tell your heavenly father. When you need a car, you need to tell your heavenly father. When you need uh, crazy people to leave you alone, you need to tell them. Okay? Now flip to Matthew chapter 6 right quick. Listening to some people, man, they only want you to be born again and, and you have to make it the best you can after you get saved. And, and that's not the will of God. That is not the word of God. That's not the word of God. That's just like a mother having a child, leaving the child in an open field. You understand? When, when, when a child is born, that child needs to be taken care of. Same way it is in, in the realm of the spirit. When you're born again, you need to be taken care of. So there are those of us that will tell us today, we're born again, now we're going to have to make it the best we can. No, that's not in God's plan. That's not in God's plan. God wants you to have things. Everybody say things. Because this is a three-dimensional world, church. Quit letting people make you feel guilty because you're blessed. They're just jealous. Now stay with me because we're headed somewhere. In Matthew 6, chapter and 25th verse. Therefore, I, Jesus Christ is speaking. Therefore, I say unto you, be not anxious for your life what you shall eat. Or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Now how much more plainer can this get? God says you are worth more to him than the birds are. Birds don't go to heaven. Fido either. Verse 27. Which of you by being anxious can add one cubic unto his stature? And why are ye anxious for clothes? Consider the lilies of the field how they grow. They tall not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, when you say tomorrow is cast into the oven, they use they didn't have akla back there, so they used dried they used dried grass for fuel. It was cast into the oven. They they, they used it to bake they they bread. So today the grass is green, tomorrow is dried, and you using it for fuel. Ah, hallelujah. Shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore be not anxious, saying, What we shall eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek on the boat. <laughs> now watch this. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. What thing? Clothes and food and a place to stay. See, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Everybody please say things. 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 Okay? Things. But seek ye first. See, this is this, God, God doesn't have a problem with us having things. He does not want things to have us. Oh, come on now. Come on, come on now. You, you know, you know some, some, some of us have, have, have fallen uh, uh, captive to our things. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we can't. Yeah, yeah we think we worship in cars now. We worship in diamonds and, and, and gold teeth. You know, we, we, we worship in everything but God. God, Jesus' problem with the rich young ruler was not that he was rich. It was the fact that he was in love with his things. So God does want you to have things. Clothes are things. And I guarantee you God does not want you in this world physically naked. See? Now, now God knows that you have need of all these things. But it's not just good enough for you to sit back and say, Well, God knows that I have need of all these things. No, no, no. Jesus said, You have not because you ask not. So it's not just good enough to say, God knows what I need. You have to ask the Lord. And if you ask in faith, he will grant it in grace. Okay? Now, now check this out. Uh, 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be subtracted from you. But you know, a lot of the saints, they think because they're poor, that they're closer to God. Let me tell you something. Poverty or riches does not determine one standing with God. Am I right about it? Because there are poor people that are born again that still need to understand that it's not God's will for them to stay poor. Because Jesus said the gospel should be preached to the poor. So the poor would not be poor anymore. So the gospel is to be preached. Now notice, all these things shall be added unto you. Go to Mark chapter 10. And, and, and the reason I'm going this way, well the Holy Ghost you know, got me going this way. To lay, to lay foundation here that we might understand that you do not have to walk around with your head all hung down because you got a pay raise or because you got on a new suit of clothes or because you're moving on up on the east side okay it's a good thing to be blessed by God I say it's a good thing to be blessed by God in Mark chapter 10 and verse 28 then Peter began to say unto Jesus Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house, a brethren, a sisters, a father, a mother, a wife, a children, a lands, for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive. This is Jesus talking, the head of the church. He shall receive. Now notice this. But he shall receive a hundredfold when? Now. Now in this time. What is this time? In this life. Now I can hear somebody running to Ephesians 1 and 3. Don't even try it. 
God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I told you before. That which was spiritual was first and then God spoke words into existence by his word. Because nothing existed before God. And God is a spirit. God who is spirit took a spiritual word and made physical things. Let me break it down to you like this. God in heaven knows you need <laughs> things. That's what it's saying when you break it all down. God in heaven knows that you need things. So therefore, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Those spiritual blessings have turned into and translated into tangible material blessings. It's nothing difficult. The suit you're wearing, the shoes you're wearing. Uh, the eyeglasses, whatever you're wearing today. Before it was physical, it was spiritual. Meaning then, it was an idea in somebody's mind. And then they decided what material they were going to use to make it. An architect sit down. He draw the floor plans for a house. Then you have to decide whether it's going to be brick veneer, or what you're going to do with, uh, you know, you want a ceiling fan, you want whatever. But you only got dots and lines and circles on a paper. It's spiritual. It's becoming physical. And then when you build it, you get the physical product. But at first, it's spiritual. Don't you let nobody talk you down from, your, from, from the blessings that God got in his word for you. Because his word said, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk upright. Huh? And I'm here to tell you, a new car is a good thing. Now, I'm talking, see, now, now let, me tell you, see let, let me tell you where the problem comes in. And I know I'm talking about taking the kingdom by force, but you got to first of all understand what it is you're supposed to be taking. You see? Now, now, if, if, um, if a person does not want material blessings, that's okay. God will honor that because he's not going to force it on you. But if you're normal, you understand, and realize that it's going to take money to buy land and it's going to take money to, to secure things in this earth realm, then you should want all that God got in his word that he promised to you. Am I right about it? But now this is where the problem comes in. The problem, understand this and you'll never be troubled again about material things. I didn't use it, the word things. Jesus did. But now notice this. You'll never be troubled again. If I preach things to sinners, then I would be in error if I didn't present salvation to them. Because Jesus said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? But I'm not talking to sinners. I'm talking to the people of God about what your covenant rights are. Now that you're born again, you've got a right to prosper. You've got a right to be in health, even as your soul prospers. Those are your rights. And to be born again and let people talk you down from your covenant rights is not right. So then, in verse 29, in verse 30, Mark 10. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Man, listen. God is saying, Jesus is saying right here. You know, Peter said, well, now, we done left all to follow you. Now, what are we going to get? He said, no problem. No one has left houses, brethren lands for my sake and the gospels but he shall receive and see this is where some of the saints are hung up they're not receiving 
He shall receive now, in this time, 100 times, 100 fold. Are we together? Same people that down prosperity keep on receiving offerings in their churches. Same people that down prosperity keep on having pastor's anniversaries. Same people that down prosperity keep on allowing chicken dinners to be sold. I'm not putting anybody down. I just want you to see what's happening. But when you get off of rubber heels and onto rubber wheels, people have a serious problem with that. Let it be their problem. Don't ever let it be your problem. You see? And so Jesus said, but now all these blessings are going to come, but how are they going to come? They're going to come with persecution. It's bad to be being persecuted and, and ain't got nothing. Huh? If you're going to be persecuted, at least go to a nice house. You know, ride in a nice car, dress in nice clothes and wear nice cologne. You know, and have your hair done up real nice. So, so when they start talking about you, you understand, you can still be looking nice and going about your business in a nice way. Am I right about it? Amen. Let them run their head and you go ahead and prosper. Because you know why? The same Bible says, the blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he added no sorrow with it. So God doesn't bless you and then wants you to be sad because somebody ain't going to get happy with you. You get happy if they get happy or not. Amen. Can hear it just as sure as I'm standing here. Here we go, talking about material things again. Here we go. Here we go. Now let me just pop your bubble. Jesus, the word became flesh. What you gonna do about that? You couldn't have been saved if the word had not become physical. I just want you to reason with me so that you know you won't be all off out there. So then. The violent would have to take the kingdom by force. Can you agree with that? Alright. So then therefore God has put everything we need right here in the earth realm. He had no provision for us to get a spaceship and go any place to get nothing. All we need is here. We shall receive here. Matter of fact, it was here in this place called earth that we received Jesus. So the Lord wants to have the best that life has to offer. And then the man said, get off my case. The man said, and in the world to come, eternal life. In other words, the best in this world and the best in the world that's coming. You got it? All right, now let's do some spiritual warfare. Let's do some spiritual warfare. I want you to go to John's Gospel chapter 13. John's Gospel chapter 13. Tell your neighbor, get violent and take the kingdom by force. John's Gospel chapter 13 and verse 31. Verses 31 through 33. Because all Christ died for, he also paid for. Let us read. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Uh, are you there? I'm sorry, I said 13. I meant 12. Okay, alright, praise the Lord. Amen, 1231. John's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 31 through 33. Okay, let us read. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying by what death he should die. Oh, man, that's heavy, ain't it? 
He said, now the prince of this world shall be cast out. Because the devil, because Adam sinned, the devil got a hold of all of the benefits, the rights, and the privileges in the earth realm. And so Jesus said, now, the prince of this world is going to be cast out because I am fixing to accomplish what I came to do. And he was signifying by what death he should die. And he said, now, 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 now check this out. He said, now, and I. Then he says, if I. Two things. And I. If I. Be lifted up. The if I is dependent upon us. The I was dependent upon God. You see, and, and, and we start getting weak banking up on the word because people start talking about us. Ah, no, 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 no. You need to, listen, when you know what God has promised you in his word, you need to, you, you need to get into the if I. You see, you, you need to lift up Jesus because now, now, now why do people come against you for prospering and for believing in healing and believing in divine health and, and believing in all these other blessings? Why do people come against you? Because the devil has assigned them in their ignorance to attack you. Now what happens here? What happens here is that you begin to get weak and you won't open your mouth. So you just, you just let them run their mouth. Let me tell you something. You need to get into the if I. No, I'm going to lift them up. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, since you're using words on me, I'm going to tell you what God has done for me. Are we communicating? I'm going to tell you what great things God has done for me. And you're not going to have the last word in this conversation. Now if you don't want to be here, stay sick. If you don't want to get blessed, you don't stay unblessed. But don't come up in my face trying to make me feel guilty because I'm getting blessed. Now, now I, I'm, in, I'm into the if I. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to say what he has done for me. Whether you like it or don't like it, he still did it and he did it just for me. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Now, if you don't want to testify, that's your business. But I'm going to tell you what great things God has done for me. And I'm going to take my part in the kingdom with my mouth. Because as we go, we're going to find out this whole thing operates on your mouth. It's your mouth that got you born again. Oh, I know I'm right about it. You confess Jesus with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you got saved. And now if you're going to get violent and take the kingdom by force, you got to know what God has promised you in his word and you got to start saying it. Because as many of us as say it, the devil got ten more people that's going to try to knock it down. Yeah. They tell you in a heartbeat, you want too much. But you know what? When you were in the world, they never said you drink too much. Huh? Am, am I right about it? They, they never said you parted too much. Cause they were the ones that was on the phone calling you to go party. The people of God don't have to settle for mediocre blessings. You, you want the best that God got. See? People, listen, listen, you're going to have to fight this warfare with your mouth. And if you don't have words, you're going to end up talking like the devil that's coming against you anyway. You got to be worded up. 
You got to know what you believe and you got to be willing to confess it. And I'm here to tell you, I, I tell you, you want to start a war right quick? Just say full gospel and step, just, just say full gospel and take two steps back. That's all you have to say. Just say full gospel. And just wait a minute. That's all. Why is the devil so upset about two words? Full gospel. Think about it. I tell you why he's so upset. Because he does not want that to get to become contagious. When people realize that there's more to this thing than going to church. Hearing about the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is wonderful. But that is the beginning. And when you say full gospel, you're talking about taking the kingdom by force. You're talking about believing in divine healing. You're talking about believing in miracles. You're talking about speaking in other tongues. You're talking about believing that God can still raise the dead. You say full gospel, you have said it all. And that's why the devil is so upset with the term full gospel. And just for the record, it's really nothing new. It's been around for years. So what we are seeing is a resurgence of that name. And the devil is taking the terminology of full gospel and is causing people to have to make a firm decision. And it's putting churches against churches, pastors against pastors, bishops against bishops. I mean, it's on just because you said full gospel. And I believe that the power that the early church had, we have it today. That's why they don't want, that's why the devil doesn't want us to say full gospel. But now keep this in mind. We're not dealing with flesh and blood. Now we're not dealing with flesh and blood. Get the personalities out of, we're not dealing with flesh and blood. We're dealing with people that yield to demons so they can start talking like demons. And when you start talking straight and start telling people what you believe that God said in his word and what you believe in God for and what you're standing for, you're going to create a whole lot of enemies, honey. That's why the man said, with persecution. Persecute me. Just keep on blessing me, Lord. Huh? Just persecute me. Talk about me. Lie on me. Say whatever. But, but, but you know what? I learned how to pray. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Lord. I've learned how to pray. And I've learned how to confess. The things that I believe that God is saying to me in his word. And, and I've learned how to stand and believe and wait. You don't have enough of what God really wants you to have. You, you, you're selling for crumbs. And he's trying to give you a whole loaf, man. This warfare is won with your mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Yeah, there are requirements. Holiness. Sanctification. Separation from sin. But it's there. It's there. Abraham was a very rich man. And he wasn't even born again. Because nobody was born again until Jesus went back to heaven. You see? Joel was the richest man in all the east. I'm just simply saying to you, baby, God doesn't have no problem with you having a whole lot of money. But just don't want it all for yourself. Okay? Want somebody else to be blessed. But then don't feel guilty because you're so blessed. Because let's face it, some of y'all have more right now than your parents had. You don't have to feel guilty about that. Just share a little bit with my dear and keep on kicking. Are we communicating? So, 
Jesus said that the prince of this world, that he had come to cast him out. Now, I, all this is foundation, and, 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 I'm, and I'm moving on. He said, now, I've come to cast out the prince of this world, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. Let me tell you something. When people sell Mary Kay products, yeah, a lot of times they wear it. Am I right about it? They, they wear the makeup. They, you know, there are some that do the face massages, and, and they, they sell their product. People around the way, they, 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 you know, they use the product. You know, the concentrated stuff and, you know, get the oil out the driveway and all. They, they're using the product. Wouldn't I wait just a moment? God wants his people to be put on display as what it really looked like and feel like to be born again and prosperous. Healthy and happy. Wholesome and holy. Fulfilled and fulfilling. So you keep that beauty shop appointment. It's important. <laughs> Amen. If you don't have no help, keep that, keep that appointment at the shoe shop. Amen. And keep that shine. Amen. Praise the Lord. People need to be able to look at the people of God and see what prosperity look like. Do you know how much of a testimony it is to God to be driving a real nice car? And didn't sell drugs to do it. Amen. To dress real well and be smelling real well and have, you know, that one hair in place up there. You know, it's a blessing and a testimony. You know, our young people look at all these, you know, where, where, are, all these, where are all these rappers? Where are all these rappers that ran on the scene? That, that joker with that big old clock around his neck. I guess time ran out on him, huh? You know, two packs your cool. In jail. You know, and to me, when that rap stuff came out, that was the most stupid, ridiculous stuff. Like, you know, people, when I was growing up, people that used to talk like that, we, we knew that they had either a speech impediment or they were slow upstairs. And I'm here to tell you, young people. You Holy Ghost filled young people. You own hand laying Jesus young people. That God did not fill you with the Holy Ghost. God did not put you in his word and under his word for you to be like they are. And you don't have to be dyeing your hair all these different colors to be different. If you just start talking about Jesus on, on campus, you're automatically different. Am I right about it? You just start lifting up Jesus in the classroom, you're automatically different. You don't have to wear your pants down low riding. You don't have to do that. When we talk about taking the kingdom by force, we're talking about taking the turf. We're talking about taking territory. Now how much territory do you want to take? If you just, if you just want to settle inside the door for salvation, then fine. You'll live there and die there no problem because you're going to heaven when it's all over with. But then, the kingdom of heaven. How are you going to live? What quality of life are you going to live on earth? What will you have to leave to your children living in the Bubba's rent house? You see? Your parents were renters. Now you are a renter. Your children are renters. I know, you know, that we have to do what we have to do until we get to that certain point. But you should not want to be living in this world forever in a rent house. At least if you got a house and death catch you before you know, you, you, you're ready, then you at least can leave your family something. 
you know, if you got insurance, it's going to cover it, you know, if you happen to leave and can't get back, you understand? But we need to start thinking on this level, church. This old world been around here a long time, man, and I don't care what you say. You in this world, not, not, this is not a, I just want to say this. When people understand the word of God and become tithers, that is the key, friend, that gets you to where you are headed. It seems like a lot of people understand that, you know, in other places. But it just seemed to me that, that, that we should understand that the crumbling that's happening in the inner cities is because the property belongs to someone else. It's not even ours. And then for the most part, whoever property it is, is not being taken care of. Y'all be ashamed of yourself. But you need to put it all together. You know, it's nothing wrong with being prosperous. You're going to have to take that turf. And I'm here to tell you, you can sit back forever in an apartment paying $450, $500. Now think about it. And you can have a whole big old house for that kind of money you paying them. You're going to have to get violent and, and start understanding some things. You're going to have to start taking some stuff by force. Your credit all messed up? Assume a house. No credit check. Assume it. Get on in there and please buy a lawnmower. Amen? The Lord bless a lot of us, man. We, we, we begin to prosper. The Lord bless us with these cars. And, I, and I, I see some of them. Some of y'all ought to be really ashamed. I'm in my pastoral mode right now. Some of y'all ought to really be ashamed of yourself. Brand new car. Look like you washed it with mud. What's the use of getting it if you're not going to be a good steward over it? Come on, y'all. We can, we can do better. We can do better. We, we need to start taking care of what the Lord and bless us with. We done fought all them demons to get it. Now we're going to let it go down. Cut that yard, man. Clip them bushes back from the door. Amen. You remember where your sidewalk used to be as a trail now? Man, cut that grass back off that sidewalk so people can see it's a sidewalk there. You know, God and bless y'all. Some of y'all got the most beautiful heads of hair. Most beautiful hair to have. And you know what? The people with the most beautiful hair to have don't even take care of it. But you take, you take people that standing to hold on to the hair they got. You may not think this is important, but I, I, I am here to tell you that you must become a steward over your body, over your mind, over your finances. Why? Because the devil want to take your hair. He want to take your health. He want to take your wealth. He want to take everything that God has blessed you with. The devil want to take it back. Amen. You need to take care. You know, beautiful smile, big old cavity right in the front. I'm a pastor so I can say it. Uh, don't even have to open your mouth to eat. Just speak it through there. <laughs> Just speak it through there. Swallow. Mm. No chewing necessary. Y'all take care of your teeth. Take care of your bodies. Take care of your hair. Take care of your clothes. Take care of your house. Take care of your families. Take care of your children. Take care of what God done blessed you with. Take care of it. Amen. Take care of it. Hallelujah. Satan will have to be bound in every area if you are going to take the kingdom by force. Are we communicating? Now I want to say something to the women in here that, that, that don't have husbands or whatever. Take the car to the minute oil change 
Give them $19.95, whatever, but keep the car up. Think about it. A $20,000 car in the oil only changed once a year. And it's smoking. I'm just trying to tell you that if you want God to bless you with more, show gratitude and keep up what he has already blessed you with. That's, that's all that is. And, and if you're trying to see what's behind that, let me show it to you. If you don't keep it up, it's going to take you more money to get it back up. I would really rather see you pay $19.95 for an oil change than to be having to spend out $2,500 to buy a whole new block. Your car doesn't know you love Jesus. That motor will burn up. What does it have to do with taking the kingdom by four? You keep on spending money and you're going to soon understand that the devil is out to get all you done saved. However, he can get it. See, if you, don't, if you can't put the word into practical application daily, then there's no need of my sharing it with you. And I am here to tell you, those of you that rob God, you're going to pay for it in, in, in other ways. You, you're, going, you're not going to have the money. You're not going to have the money. It's going to be paid out somewhere else. You know, for burglar bars or for something. It's, it's going to be paid on something else, okay? Pay the jail. Yeah. Want to kind of wrap this around like this. Go to Mark, the third chapter, and the 22nd verse. Mark 3 and 22. Say, taking the kingdom... By force. Tell your neighbor, bind the enemy. In Mark 3 and 22. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, talking about Jesus. And by the prince of the demons casteth he out demons. And he called them unto him and said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rised up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he will first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta first bind the strong man. How? With your words. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So when you find out that Satan has stolen something from you, he is to be commanded by you to bring it back seven times. And the Lord Jesus Christ is going to make him bring it back seven times. But you got to first bind him. How? With your words. Satan, I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command you to bring my stuff back seven times in the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to stand over that word, watching over it to perform it. He's going to say, did you hear what Fred said? And I get it. But you see, if you don't know what God has promised you in his word, you'll never know what the devil has stolen from you. Are you all getting this? You got to take the kingdom by force, but you got to take it with your mouth. Now how in the world, how in the world can we enforce Satan's defeat? How many of y'all know he's defeated? He is defeated. Check this out. Man, this is so powerful. God gave this to me four days this morning. Check this out. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. And verse 11. 
See, if Satan cannot change your testimony, he can't stop you. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, let's read. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Now notice how they overcame Satan. See, because we have already overcome him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. Oh man, this is, this is rich. This is my best shot. Don't miss this. When Jesus died on Calvary, he said, Now, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Am I right about it? He said, Now, the prince of this world is cast out. Jesus' precious blood destroyed the works of the devil, rendered him harmless, turned around and gave us the power over him. But now, watch this. In 1 John, we are told that we have already overcome Satan. So since we have already overcome him, guess what? He's already been overcome. So we don't have to try to overcome him again. But what we must do in order to take the kingdom by force and get violent, we must know what the word says and then say what the word says. And don't let the devil cause you to say what the word is not saying. Because you're going to have to take this kingdom with your mouth. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Everybody say blood. blood. Right there man. The blood of Jesus destroyed the works of the devil. I don't care if it's sickness. I don't care if it's poverty. I don't care how many demons come against you. The blood of Jesus has already defeated the devil. And I notice there's another thing. See, they overcame the devil with all of his fury, with all of his destructive power. The saints of God overcame Satan. How? Number one, the blood of Jesus has destroyed the works of the devil. Whatever you're dealing with today, apply the blood to it. You know, Satan cannot come through that blood. That blood is warm. It's life-giving. Satan is about death. But see, the power is in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's wonder working power in the blood. And see, you may not understand it all, but that's okay. Use it anyway. We, we got VCRs we don't understand, but we use them. We got tape players we don't understand, but we use, use the blood against the devil. How? Just tell him. Devil, the blood of Jesus is against you. Then you tell him this. I am a conqueror. And whatever you have believed God for and confessed, then you make your confession. Why? Because they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's how you take it, friends. You got to keep your testimony alive. You got to keep on talking faith. Why does all these things come against us? The devil wants us to change our mouthpiece. Can you see it? Can you see it? I mean, you, you really need to see this. Here it is in a nutshell and I'm through. You confess Jesus with your mouth and believed in your heart and got saved. You confess the word of God with your mouth and believe in your heart and get the blessings. To take the kingdom by force, you go into this thing understanding that you have already overcome Satan. Because Jesus did it for you. So the blood of Jesus is against him. Understand that. 
He cannot come through the blood. I don't care how hard he tried. He cannot come through that blood. Because that's that life-giving stream. That's that blood that flowed out of God's veins. He cannot come through the blood. Everybody say this. Satan! Satan. The blood of Jesus Jesus. is against you. And I have overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and the words of my testimony. And my testimony is that I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not underneath. Me by myself can put a thousand of y'all to flight and two of us ten thousand. Every need that I have now or ever will have is already met in Christ Jesus my Lord. I have overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my mouth. And I say that I'm here. I say that I'm filled. I say that I'm on top. I say that I'm rich. I say that I'm the head. I say that you're under my feet. In the name of Jesus, you are defeated. I'm taking this toy. You get out of my way. I got my foot on your head. You are defeated. You have no power. You better get out in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, sir. They overcame him by the blood and by the word of that testimony. Keep your testimony alive. Keep on saying it when you can't see it. Say it anyway. Keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. Keep on saying it. Keep on believing it. Keep on believing it. Hallelujah. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word. I told you it's a word. It's a word war. It's a word war. It's a war with words. It's a war with words. It's a war with words. He say I'm sick. I say I'm healed. He say I'm lost. I say I'm saved. He says I'm broke. I say I'm rich. It's the words of your mouth. It's what you believe in your heart that's going to make the difference. And so when you take the kingdom by force, you're going to have to talk your way through every step of the way. Honey, talk to yourself and then rebuke the devil. Talk to the Lord, then rebuke the devil. Talk to yourself, then rebuke the devil. Talk to the Lord, then rebuke the devil. But you, whatever you do, you keep on talking it up. wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. I was at a home 
the power and the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible... You pray for me and I'll be praying for you and guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I see.